0: Start that countdown. Five, four, you better strap yourself in. Three, two, buckle up, mother fudge bucker. Five. Wait, why would you go back to five? It's time for the Dan Fogler 4D Experience Podcast. Shazam! And there he is. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? you doing man where the fuck everybody give a round of applause to to Zachary Levi Zach Levi everybody that's me dude where are you right now
1: I'm uh, I am very uh, fortunately on my ranch in Texas um I I moved I left LA three years ago and bought a bunch of acreage on the river out here outside of Austin and I mean part of it no joke was I always in the back of my mind have been preparing for a zombie apocalypse of some kind. So, uh, you know, this is the closest that we've come. And I've got a little my little kind of commune of other ranch mates. There's like seven of us here and we're all just doing life. And, um, you know, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty groovy. And in fact, because I'm being told, I don't know what you're I'd, I'd love to ask you what your team has told you, but. I'm hearing that we might not be able to, like, go back to work, like, on, like, legit, you know, larger productions until September. So my hope is that we'll be able to, like, make some guerrilla films and series and stuff out here on the ranch while we're all waiting to go back to work.
0: Holy shit. Is that what you heard? September. God damn it. What are you? What are you hearing? Also, where are you? You're in London? Yeah, I'm in London. I heard. Yeah, I heard like eight, uh, late August, uh, late uh, summer, something like that. But yeah, I guess September lines yeah. up with that shit, man. That just sounds like forever. It does, man. I, it's gonna be it's gonna
1: be a long time for people to be sitting around in in quarantine, right? So that's why I think if you can quarantine together, like I'm trying to like build a bunch of cabins yeah. and shit on my property, so other friends
0: can come wow. like other
1: actors and shit can all come out and we can all quarantine together and, and do stuff together. But I don't know, we'll see. I mean, the world is so up to, upside down and topsy-turvy and so crazy and I, I, it's just this is so unprecedented. This is the most seminal moment in modern human history as far as I can tell, I don't know. I mean, I, even World War II, as sad and as tragic as that was and how many people died, obviously far more people died in World War II then we'll die in this a COVID outbreak. But it didn't, but even World War II didn't like shut the whole world down. It's just so crazy what we're seeing right now. How did you end up in London, by the way? Do you, you don't live
0: out there full time, do you? No, I was in the, we were in the middle of shooting the Fantastic Beast 3. We, oh, we man. Just, yeah. And I thought, um, weren't you about to shoot Shazam too?
1: No, we, well, <clears throat> That was gonna be later this year. I was actually gonna go. I was on my way. Um, I was probably like a week away from flying up to Cleveland to go shoot this um, musical comedy kind of deal where I play a, a lead singer in this like rock cover band. Um, and uh, that's fun. W- yeah. It was super fun, man. <clears throat> I'm like, I've been doing vocal lessons and like just trying to learn. Like I've always sung um, you know, and I, and I love all the musicals and everything I've done and gotten to do Broadway and stuff, but I'd never, ever really done proper vocal lessons my whole life. And so it's been a really cool thing to learn more about my voice and how to use it and, um, and how to do it, you know, healthily. And so I'm kind of blowing it out every time I'm singing too hard or whatever. Um, but yeah, I was all ready to go do that. And then I was going to maybe go do another project um, and then end up doing Shazam 2 toward the later part of the year. But, you know, now, who knows? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, The only thing any of us can do right now is try our best uh, to just keep trusting God or the universe or if you don't believe in any of that stuff, then, you know, I don't know, trust your common man that we're going to get through this. But I do think we're going to get through it. I just don't know what the world's going to look like on the other side. It's a a really, I mean, what's it been like for you? What's going on? Like out here, I'm on my land and it's actually, other than groceries and things being more scarce, I suppose, and just kind of having to plan uh, differently and have different protocols and stuff, life has been reasonably unchanged for me and my ranch mates. What's going on in London right now? What's that like? Because Boris didn't even like really – tell anybody social distance until far longer, far longer after than
0: uh, a lot of other places did. And how,
1: right. how, how, what's the case rate right now? Where are you, are you just in the, a hotel room in an apartment? Like, where are you?
0: Yeah. It's like, um, yeah. Boris was all, you know, stay calm and carry on. Like that's, that's the whole yeah. fucking, yeah. you know, perspective here. The um, which I can, I can appreciate that. Um Um, I think that uh, that we, we don't, we, I don't know, we, we don't fully understand what this thing is yet. So maybe not responding right away, um, didn't really put the, the, the fear into a lot of people, which I I think is a a huge, a huge ingredient in, in making people's immune systems go down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah so I, I, there wasn't a big fear aspect here um of course he 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 went into fucking intensive care you know recently yeah. and he just and he just came out and he's fine but there was like a scary moment there where it's just like whoa okay so you know the government is uh kind of unraveling here um but if you i i'm i'm in a very lovely place in uh out, just outside of london have a nice garden here, thank God, and, you know, basically, you I'm playing Ridge? Mr., I'm in uh, West Hampstead and, um, okay. I, uh, it's, you know, very family-friendly here, and I got my yeah. wife and my, my two kids here, and, um, it's, uh, you know, I'm basically playing, you know, we're homeschooling, so, yeah, my whole, what my whole life subject is...
1: subject to teach?
0: My favorite? Yeah. Yeah, I'm digging. Um, well, we're, I, I teach three classes. Um, I teach PE. I teach yeah. uh, art. I, I teach art like drawing stuff, and I also teach um, uh, film editing, filmmaking. So nice. I, you know, I, I'm just using my skills. Um, and and the the kids are. Let me tell you something. My kids are having problems. They, they're loving it. They they because. Oh yeah, bro. They're young and they just want to be with us anyway, and yep. and I, yep. I think they love like it's like an extended vacation, you know? They don't have to go to school and one hundred percent. And oh yeah, but it's it is weird because I basically stopped going to the store. Like we stocked up, and we stuck. We got a bunch of money out of the bank, and we stocked up, and so I basically have no reason to leave my house. So that's weird. It's really weird. Like I, I just I basically just speak to. My wife and my daughters like all day, and like I've been just setting up these podcasts so I can speak to another human being. <laughs> you know, I <I've> just been, <laughs> I've been doing nonstop podcasts. Like I just did Cooper, uh, you know, oh, Cooper nice. Andrews, who was also in yeah. but uh, another one of our buddies. Like I, I I I just been doing one basically, you know, every other day um, to keep my mind occupied. And talk, and, and I, I feel like it's very helpful to talk about this stuff uh, and see what other people are doing. I'm I'm very interested in in your attitude. Um, you were already in a kind of a prepper state of mind. Why did you choose Texas? Well, uh, yeah,
1: I mean, well, I I, I, I joke in the on um, well, I joke slash I'm being somewhat serious with the prepper stuff, but um, but I chose Texas. Because, yeah. and I think, I don't know, I don't know how much um, you and I have talked about this at uh, conventions and stuff. Because for anybody out there who's listening, like <clears throat> Dan and I, we met through, I think, Kyle Newman way back when, during all of the fanboy stuff originally, right? I think. For sure. At comic cons, and, and I think. I, com- well, um... and, and of course, then through the Comic-Con stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nerd HQ and all that. But now we there see each other. You, you Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, but now we see each other primarily at conventions.
0: Correct. Right. Yeah. And um, but um yeah, so I don't it, I don't when I, we see each other it's just it's just fun and games when we see each other. You know, we're in a partying state yeah. mine, but we don't really get to talk about this intense yeah, shit. You know. Yeah. So I don't yeah, I don't know how much I'd shared with you, but
1: basically, um ever since I started working in Hollywood, I really found it uh, wanting or lacking in a lot of things, in a lot of ways that I um, feel like could be better and should Mm -hmm. be better. And I felt a very, um, just a deep response to that in life in general. I just feel very deeply about making things better Uh, because I think that if something can be better, it should be better. And typically things don't become better because the people that have the means and the power to make them better are just kind of don't care enough to you know, because if they're if they're doing well, then it doesn't matter if it's broken at the bottom, that kind of stuff. So um yeah, so about twenty years Correct. ago when uh, I, I
0: people are trying to that? keep the status quo. People yeah. like to keep the status yeah. quo. Yeah.
1: Exactly. But so you know, so twenty years ago when I when I really started in our business and I saw things that I felt could have and should have been better then Uh, This idea started really um, building in my head to go build an independent film studio. And it took about 17 years to finally figure out where I would do that um, and be in the right time and place in my life to do it. And so after, I mean, the first thing I did was just look at a bunch of um, states with no state income tax. That was the first kind of, I think, hurdle I thought. I thought if I was going to try and build this crazy Willy Willy Wonka dream of mine that I was going to need to save as much of my own income to reinvest it in the vision, then the best way to save as much of your own income is to live in a state that doesn't have any state income tax. So I started there. I looked through all of those states, and there was only two states that were in uh, kind of climates that year-round I felt like I could be cool in and that I could film in and get other people to film in, and uh, that was Texas and Tennessee. And then of those two states, I looked at what I believed to be the most culturally powerful and relevant um, and hip and vibey, you know, kind of uh, uh, town or city that they had in those states. And it was Nashville and Tennessee, and it was Austin and Texas. And I looked at both cities, and ultimately, Austin was where I felt compelled to move. And uh, and then I looked all around Austin, and then I found the area that's I'm kind of east of Austin, and I found the area that I ultimately found and and moved to. But that's that was the process of elimination of how I ended up on this property. And it was it was less about prepping, and more about legitimately wanting to build kind of like an arts commune that is a film studio that is a resort that you know, you can live at full time, essentially, um, and work full time and play full time. But fully knowing in the back of my head, that I I am somebody who is a a bit of a future thinker in that I try to think about the future and where we're going a good bit and knowing just how globalized we have all become for better or for worse, you know, I think, and I don't think that's something we could change because information makes us all more connected. Technology makes us all more connected. We are a global people now, whether, you know, certain nationalists want to admit that or like that or not. And I think a thing like this, particularly a uh, virus, a pandemic, um, is the perfect uh, example of just how connected we all are and how similar we all are. There is one virus that is floating around the world, every country, every nationality, every faith, every everything. Uh, and it it does not discriminate. It affects all, um, all people essentially in the same way, right? I mean, you might have some you know underlying medical pre-existing conditions and stuff but other than that you know it doesn't matter if you're Chinese or Russian or English or American or Argentinian or doesn't, doesn't matter this thing can still potentially wipe you out and uh and so I just knew either financially like you know we're a, we're a world economy now we're we're a world that can travel in planes so fast that you can spread viruses around I was like I don't know what's going to happen if some weird shit goes down better to have uh a place to hunker down and never need it then something does go wrong and you need it and you don't have it and I, since i already wanted to build a film studio anyway it all just kind of worked out you know
0: so about uh, on the same need it and, and not have it uh tip you guys armed to the teeth there you have guns because everybody else there has one
1: i i do own guns i've actually owned guns for many years, even when I lived in California Um, I'd like to consider myself and anyone here on this ranch and anyone that I um, uh, let's say uh, partake in gun activities with to be very responsible, very mindful, very rational people. Um, I'm not like, Hey, let's go do crazy stuff with uh, your power. I think that, you know, guns are very powerful and they can be very dangerous and um but they can also be uh, very helpful, particularly when it comes to things like hunting. And even when it comes to uh, having some amounts of fun, like, you know, target shooting, which I love to do. I also like to do things like, you know, buy Tannerite and blow it up because I'm a kid of the 80s. I grew up on all of those action movies and I want to make them myself and I want to make them in my backyard. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely uh, uh, somebody that... Um, Uh, believes in gun rights, but also, I'd also believe in lots of gun reform. I think we need to, we need to figure some of that stuff out. We need to do it pronto. I'll I'll tell you one of the, one of the silver linings of a pandemic is look how, uh, how far down shootings are right now, you know, like there, there's nobody even congregate in order to go and target. And uh, it's it's a morbid silver lining, but it's something that I don't think we can allow ourselves to forget. So, you know, if this if we don't see some problem for a little while during this pandemic, we got to remember that it's just waiting for us on the other side. We still need to be using this time to be thinking of and being wise about how we're going to build a better world on the other side of this. So, so I have many feelings um, on firearms, but yes, I own them. I uh, enjoy them. And I'm, you know, definitely uh, prepared to shoot any zombies that are about to uh, try (laughs) to hoard my gates. Um, Yeah. But more than that, I mean, the, that stuff is, to me, that's that's less important in the prepping than, you know, having clean water source and having fresh food. And, you know, the we're turning the ranch into a farm-to-table kind of situation where we can grow all of our own produce. And I'm going to wow. get a lot of solar and wind uh, power generation out here so we can be sustain- self-sustaining on the power side of things and the water side of things and the food side of things. And I don't know. Kind of get back to basics about community. I think to me that's one of the biggest things I'm trying to accomplish with this film studio, aside from hopefully making a, a cooler way for us to do what we do, um, and a more, let's say, efficient and humane way to do what we do. But also, like allowing us to have community again. You know, like we once upon a time, uh, we we would all know each other a lot more. We would know our crews a lot more. We would know we would see our friends and family a lot more because everything shot in Hollywood. And then over the years, that's all been kind of piecemealed all over the world, which in some ways is pretty, I think, uh, cool. And I like being able to go and, you know, shoot on location and like Bali or whatever. Like, of course, that sounds dreamy. But I don't like that we basically, particularly as actors, we get outsourced to a lot of places and you don't ever get to really put down roots, you know, like doing a TV show is the most roots you ever get to have. And they, hopefully that's in a, a city that you really want to, but your family and friends are in too, and you know, all that stuff. So I don't know, I, I just really, uh, like, and now, I'm like, what's happening now? <laughs> we can't go to work because there's no, because you can't, nobody lives and works at their film studio. But if I can build a place where you can live and work at your, at, you know, if you can live at your place of work, which happens to be a film studio, then you can quarantine there and then you can keep
0: working. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it all pans out. No, you're ahead of, you're ahead of schedule, man. I I'm, I I think you know what the hell you're doing. I, I,
1: well, I'm trying to. I, look, I, I did not anticipate what's happening right now. I'm not. I'm not saying I, I had some
0: Nosferatu, Nosferatu
1: <laughs> Nostradamus um,
0: <laughs> kind
1: of moment. Uh, other than just, again, just trying to put my thinking cap on and look to the future. I mean, people have been talking about this stuff for a long time. You know, years ago, 2015 or five years ago, Bill Gates sure. didn't he have like a very very haunting speech at some conference like here's what's going to happen and it's exactly what's happened right now
0: and yeah you know it i read I read strange yeah yeah yeah
1: all all of it is very is very interesting but at any
0: rate well
1: how far were you guys <laughs> into the movie before uh you had to oh buddy down?
0: they shaved me down i was all mustached up I, they, they, we did the screen test i was basically on my way to the first day of shooting and they were just like, "Uh, you better stay home. It was, it it was such, oh God, it was such a deflating kind of thing, Uh obviously. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the good thing about it is, and I'm going to say that you should, because I've been, I've been wanting to document this situation that I'm in somehow. The, the idea that um you're forced to slow down. I'm definitely becoming a better father. I'm becoming more oh, yeah. patient and patient and compassionate and meditating my balls off and and um, I was saying that I was I was thinking that you should you should um think about documenting your situation out there. Um and you know, I don't know, maybe or or, or this this seems like a really good idea for a movie um all of you all seven of you in that house there oh but we are I, yeah
1: no we yeah we are we're documenting it now and 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 hopefully um if it all if it all works out i've been in discussions with um like a a, a production company to sh- essentially shoot a a, a um, docu series um i mean i was i was trying to do that even before all this shit because i thought well if i can somehow pull off building this new form of disney world that you can live at then i think that might make an interesting story if i don't pull it off and it all blows up in my face that could be a really interesting story and um and then all, of a sudden <laughs> all this happened and it's like well now this is interesting regardless because there's seven people you know living communing together on this property and and it's also really beautiful out here and you know, and we're trying to do other things, too, like, you know, set up, like, virtual hangs with people where we're going to set um, 3D cameras up in parts of the property, and then you can put a VR headset on and join us, like, down at the river or at the pond or or um, even build some virtual reality rooms that I can go and do, like, meet and greets with, with folks, you know? Like, I'm, I'm no joke. I've been trying to – I've been ideating on and trying to come up with ways where we can even do – virtual conventions like imagine being able to put on a VR headset and you can go and sit in the virtual room and fans get like you know uh, 5 minutes or whatever like typically like they'd get with us at a, at a at the table and you can meet them like their their avatar and they can talk to you and you can have those questions and even do like a digital signature or something like that and they can you know you can we can still have some form of that even in this weird world so yeah i'm trying to think of all kinds
0: <laughs> That's genius, man. Yeah, and you oh, can eat, yeah, and the, and there can be a, you can have it on a timer so you don't have people just you know kind of you know lingering. You
1: yeah. know? <laughs> no, exactly. Great. Yeah, I mean everybody understands like there's timers and things and you know because it's difficult. No, to... that,
0: yeah, there's a lot of oh my god, I I had so many. I'm sure you did too, man. I mean that business is is done. I don't know what's gonna happen. There's yeah, so man. many. Yeah, so many. I mean, so not, many businesses.
1: Exactly, not even just that. I mean, anything that gathers any one of any kind of size. Movie theaters.
0: Every restaurant.
1: Every bar. Every sporting event. Every arena. Every stadium. All the people that work at those arenas and stadiums. All of the concerts. All of the live music. I mean, all the Broadway. All of our friends. Yeah. That are literally not, like, Hollywood production is supposed to, again, like I said, maybe September, they're saying Broadway and all live event stuff won't go back until January at the earliest, dude. That's almost a calendar year long from when wow. all, all this shit went down. You know what I mean? Like, And Broadway doesn't pay a lot of money. A no. lot of our friends who trod those boards are really getting hosed right now. They're paying New York rent prices unless Cuomo or somebody shit. steps in and goes, hey. Let's just chill the fuck out and like give people debt forgiveness. That's what I wish everything, everyone was doing. I wish all the banks would just for once say, hey, we've got all the money. Can we just put all of the collecting on pause until this is, you know, we're, till we're through it and then we'll start, you know, collecting on people's mortgages and all that shit. Like, what do they? What do they think is going to happen if everyone goes bankrupt in this time? They have no more clients. Then no one can pay, pay them their their interest rates. They'll own they'll own everyone's homes,
0: and no one will be able to live in them. It's like insane. I can understand about postponing Broadway, though. It's very sweaty, and people sometimes spit when they sing. <laughs> oh, bro! Oh, right? Oh,
1: bro! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm not saying I don't understand why they're postponing it. I'm just saying, <laughs> us lucky son of a bitches, we we getting to work in film and television as an actor is where most of the money comes from. If you're if you're relegated to kicking ass on a Broadway stage, you can make some money, but it's a difficult. You know, I'm just grateful that I saved money, so I so I have some savings to to float through what this time is right now. You know, but you just. Typically, if you're a Broadway actor, man, you just, there's not a lot there. And I'm hoping that, um, you know, um, Broadway Cares and all, all of the various um, artists groups that should be, hopefully, you know, what, what a lot of uh, uh, people in the union, everybody's paying into. And that's all taken care of, like equity. I'm really hoping actor, actors' equity is stepping up huge right now. Or that the theater owners are, I don't know, man. I just, this is a time, like you're saying, This is a time where we're being told, whether we like it or not, to shut up and slow down and take stock of our life, take stock of this world. And I think one of the biggest things that we all need to take stock of is how much we are or are not loving ourselves or each other. And I think if everybody takes some really hard, long looks at themselves, they realize that we haven't really, not nationally. Nationally, we don't typically, and not just America, I think nations are still very about themselves we're still a lot of us feel a lot of pride for our nations and i'm not saying we shouldn't feel pride for our nations or our heritage or our ancestors or anything like that but i think to the extent that it starts creating barriers between you and another people group and by the way even within our within our own nation the huge biggest barrier is the is all of the uh, the 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 wage gaps that exist the the money gaps that exist and this is an incredible opportunity for very wealthy people i think i hope to be able to take stock of their life and go wow i have so much and these people have so little and look what's happening to them you know that's what i'm yeah. i'm really hoping is going to is going to come out of this and people and people learning how to do to live with less like you know consumerism and materialism have taken right. A hold of the world, not even just in the U.S. I mean, I mean, th- everywhere. Even but communist countries like China are almost more capitalist and 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 um, consumerist than they are communist. And everybody wants the new Fendi bag, and everybody wants the new Jordans, and everybody <laughs> wants the new tech. And it's like, did we need it all? No, right. we just wanted it. And why did we want it? Because advertising tells us that we want it. Right. Well, we were
0: <laughs> stuck in a loop, man. We're stuck in we were stuck in a cycle of Upgrade, yeah, great upgrade, upgrade. And it's the it's the it's the little things that I'm realizing. It's like, you know, that we took for granted. Like, um, you know, I was like, oh, it will be great to fucking you know hug my friends again. It'd be great to, yep. you know, to you know, it be and just like taking concerts and uh, you know, for granted, taking comic cons for granted, just being everything. like, like if We've we get to do comic cons. If we get to do Comic-Cons again, I'm just going to be, like, like in person with people. I'm just going to, like, fucking, at least for, a, a, I don't know how long, but for as long as I can, I'm going to try and just really appreciate every moment with, like, just, like, talking to another human being. <laughs>
1: yeah, man. I mean, I, I think it's good practice always, you know? I mean, I, I think that we, as human beings, as Homo sapiens, we have gotten so powerful that so powerful that our, our footprint affects our weather, that our reach uh, can decide whether or not entire species of other ant or uh, plant or animal life even exist anymore. And in that power comes a lot of hubris and therefore comes this taking almost everything for granted, including our own mortality. Like, Back during the Spanish flu, when, by the way, everyone who's alive right now, no one is alive right now who is alive during the Spanish flu, right? So right. during that time, we were at least humble enough to understand that there were these things called pandemics, and they would wipe out entire civilizations. That There was a thing called famine, and it would wipe out entire civilizations. We used to have a little more humility when it came to the natural world. Now, we just don't have it anymore because we, we I mean, look at us, look at all the Look at the cool shit that we do. We're 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 years away from having jetpacks and flying cars. Like it's happening, bro. If we don't <laughs> take it all for granted and die in the process. And I think that that's. I mean, look at how many kids are going. Uh, you know, other than like the young young kids who are stoked to be with their parents because they love their parents. And like it's, this is just like like you were saying, like with your kids, like this extended almost vacation of sorts. But what about all the kids that are like middle school, high school, or even, uh, oh, you know, uh, older in elementary? They are, oh, God. Pent up and freaking out and they hate I, school I, and they can't I, wait to get back I, oh, to school. God. People who have oh, shit, oh, jobs, I, can you, can you shit jobs. Can you imagine? That you would hate going to. Those people who imagine? hated going to their shit job would be so stoked to go to their shit job right now just to have a break from can you imagine being, being stuck in there.
0: Can you imagine being 16? I, I'm so happy that my are, uh are uh, four and uh, the older one's going to be eight. So it's like, it's still very manageable. But, but if I had to do fucking algebra, you know, calculus with my kids yeah. right now, oh, my God. I mean, shit. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> and. I'm sitting in my backyard. I'm I'm like playing with my kids, you know, or we're we're playing freeze tag or whatever the fuck, you know, getting back to the, you know, the playground roots. And uh, the kids go inside and I'm sitting there and I'm um, I'm like smoking a joint uh, in my little, I have like a little, you you don't smoke, do you smoke?
1: I do. Yeah, when when, when applicable and, and, and legal and all that, but yeah. <laughs> when when necessary
0: um, i uh so I'm smoking a joint and I start hearing in the in the in the next the house right next to ours a teenage girl uh and they're and they're French so they're speaking half french half english and but what I make out is that can you imagine? If she's, she's a sixteen. She's like sixteen-year-old girl, and she's screaming, "I fucking hate you! I just want to go out and see him. I just want to be. With. She can't. She can't be with her boyfriend. Oh, okay. no. Can you imagine? Oh my oh, god! Oh man! I'd I was a, I was a bastard. Young, sixteen-year-old love. <laughs> oh man! That'd be so hard. They, she's going out of that kid's going out of her fucking mind. So I was just yeah. like, oh my god, thank God, I just have, I just have the little kids to deal with here. So let me ask you a question, man. Do you, uh, I, all my guests that are cool that come on my show, I, I ask them if they know what their name means. Do you know what your name means?
1: You know, I, I, I do and I don't. I <laughs> I I mean I've looked it up before. Um, okay. But I'm but there's also like as you know the internet's a weird place and there's so many different like quote unquote yeah. sources and you know <laughs> meanings of names and whatever that is. So but as far as I know um first Zachary Levi both both names well my last name is Pew I'm um I'm Welsh. My middle name is Levi, but my parents chose Zachary and Levi from the Bible. Um, I think specifically the old Testament and, um, uh, Zechariah was a prophet, I believe. And the Levites were the priestly, um, the, you know, uh, tribe of the 13 tribes of of Israel. They were the, they were the priests. So, um, I'm a bit of a I'm a prophet and a priest. That's what I know. I know that um, Zachary or Zechariah also means specifically, God remembered. I think that's yeah. what it means. Um, and I'm not really sure what Levi means other than uh, that it was the Levites were the were the priestly tribe of Israel. But you tell me. I'm sure you've done the research.
0: Okay, so Zachary, you said it. It means the Lord. The Lord has remembered. Yeah. Okay. Um, Levi means attached or joined. Okay. Interesting. Which kind of makes sense. It's like a you know they were the priests. You know you got to join the priesthood. And then pew means. It's um it's like two words squ- that got that got got squished together in the in the Welch, right, so it's yeah
1: it's a, yeah it's app of yeah typically it's like um yeah
0: it means yeah, son of hue
1: exactly yeah yeah,
0: yeah, 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 son and then of on Hugh. Ellis
1: Island, they decided to squeeze all that together and and call us pew
0: <laughs> right, right <laughs> so so i I take the meaning hue as like um you know hue, like color. You know, oh, like the the hue on your television. So God remembered to attach a color.
1: Interesting. <laughs> everybody
0: join me with color. Yeah. Yes. I think everybody is that, like a be- Everybody is a beautiful haiku. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome! That's so poetic, literally and figuratively.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Wait, what
1: is, What is Dan Fogler mean?
0: Okay, so Daniel means uh, God is my judge. Holy shit! And um, <laughs> Kevin means handsome, and Fogler, <laughs> yeah, uh, and Fogler means uh, bird catcher. So <laughs> God is my judge. So you're handsome a handsome bird catcher, bird catcher that that only God can judge. Exactly, exactly. That's how I took it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty, that is pretty good. <laughs> uh, nerd HQ parties, nerd headquarters parties. Were when I think about all of over the years, I don't know how many of those parties I went to. Several. Um, oh yeah. I think of I think of those parties with us uh, with such joy. Um, and when I think, go back to like my, my, the best Comic-Con experiences that I had over the years, it was at that party because I could always, for a long time, I can rely on this party that you threw, whether I was there just selling my comic books that year. Yeah. I, I can, you know what I mean? Or if I was there, you know, uh, pitching Fantastic Beasts, whatever, I I always knew that I could your party. And that it was gonna be out of all the fucking parties there, that I you know that you that I went to, from you know fucking entertainment to entertainment and fucking you know hard rock yeah yeah, yeah. Fucking, every fucking yep. you know every crazy fucking party you can think of there, yours was always the funnest man. I I don't know why maybe it's because we were always just surrounded by friends or something, but I always so and I look forward to your parties, and I was really it's it's not the same without them now well
1: th- first of all thank you man I, I appreciate that and I agree i i I think I threw the funnest parties too <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 I still think I do but um but I just don't throw them there anymore um and uh yeah i'm it, it is a bummer like one one day i'll I'll uh do a whole like uh, <laughs> memoir and i'll I'll get deep into the whole story of it for folks who care to ever read about it or know but um the long and the short of it well the, the parties themselves I think the reason why they were as enjoyable as they were uh it was is partly because of what you said I mean I I think that we all being able to go to a party where you know so many of the other people there and and you enjoy those people um is a huge huge plus in how to curate space. Um, but that's just something that I personally love to do. I've always loved throwing parties. I've always loved being a host. My house in LA was a uh, open door, uh, situation. Like, um, anyone could show up at any time essentially. And whether they needed a place to stay or whether we were having parties and get togethers of, of which we had many. Um, but, but I, I, I think ultimately what it comes down to, whether you're whether you are throwing a party or a full event like Nerd HQ was or how you run your house or whatever, it comes down to empathy. You're you've you got to put yourself in the shoes of whoever's walking through your doors and go, what is their experience like and how can I make that a better experience? And it's not you can't please everybody. That's a that's a trap I've fa- I've fallen into many times over the years, and I'll keep falling into it because I really want to try to please everyone. I want everyone to feel joy all the time. That's like what I what drives me almost more than anything, that people feel loved and they feel joy. But you know, with those parties, like I don't know, like part of why I even did all that was because I was going to Comic Con for years prior to doing Nerd HQ, and I just saw a lot of. Again, things that I thought left me wanting, like, why, are, why, are, why do people have to line up like this? Why, do, why is the food like this? Why are the drinks like this? Why are the parties like this? Why, why all of these things? I'm always deconstructing that shit because when I feel like it could be better, then I sit there and go, oh, can it be better? <laughs> and then I start identifying all the ways that I, I think personally it could be better. The best party that we ever went to, I, as far as I was concerned, at, the, at Comic-Con in San Diego was always mm-hmm. the Entertainment Weekly Party. Uh, and you'd see a lot of people that you knew. But there was also a lot of folks like, I don't know, extraneous reporters and people that sometimes you couldn't feel like you could really let your hair down around. And then also, right. there was like one speaker playing music. And it, I, I would find <laughs> myself and Josh Whedon and Felicia Day and half the cast of Glee surrounding one speaker and having a dance party. And I was like, why why is there not a great dance party in in San Diego? It's like you literally have a a wrapped, trapped audience. You have a bunch of celebrities that are just looking for a great time, and they're all there. They're staying in San Diego. They're all in the the Gaslight District. Like, what's going on? And so when I was constructing Nerd HQ, I was trying to figure out how to essentially, A, make a better experience for fans, better you know better um uh, experience in the food and drinks that we offer i wanted to give fans a place where they could relax and charge their phones recharge themselves play some games for free um uh, you know then go to panels as you've been a part of and seen the panels that we do for charity the photos that we do for charity the all for reasonable prices and you know making sure that they're queued up in shade and they don't have to do it overnight on concrete and you know all of the things that i just felt like we could plus and make better And that included, you know, putting those dance parties in there. I was like, if I'm going to be down here all weekend long doing press, I want to have a great time and I want to have a great time with my friends. And I knew, I just always believed that, you know, if you make something that's actually quality because you took time to plan it and you really spent the money to make it great, then people will find it. And that's what happened at Nerd HQ. You know, people, the fans found it and and all of y'all talent and actors and directors and writers and everybody in our industry, everybody found it and it was a really good party. Um, the unfortunate part of San Diego and, and Nerd HQ's uh, place there is um, the powers that be uh, that oversee the Comic Con that takes place in San Diego um, felt threatened by us and did not like our existence in San Diego and. Uh, you know, over the course of seven years, did everything they could to kind of make it impossible for us to ultimately secure financing and even get guests. Sometimes there was a lot of um, crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was a really a fucking bummer. I felt like I was being um, pushed around by the mafia. To be perfectly honest, it, it was a really gnarly experience. And ultimately, really? like the last year, we were we were going to do it. We had a major uh, partner and financer have to pull out because. Uh, they were being threatened that if they worked with us, then they wouldn't be able to come back and have any room on the actual show floor at the convention the following year. And they were a very large brand and they couldn't afford to do that. And I, I understood that they, you know, couldn't go with us. We're the smaller dog, but it was just really a bummer to know that there couldn't be enough room, particularly since I felt like we, we made it, we made the whole weekend just a more enjoyable weekend. And it's not to say that I don't understand on a, on a business level that people don't need to protect their investment or something, or that I probably could have even been a little more humble uh, in some of my, uh, in my, um, the words that I chose to use over the years, uh, discussing what I thought was lacking at that convention, or you know, really conventions in general, and what I think can be done better. I think that unfortunately, you know, sometimes those, even though I'm being honest, um sometimes those words uh make people even more pissed off on their end and they dig in and then they want to they they just you know they want to destroy you so that's kind of essentially you know the long and the short of, of what went down but that's fine because we'll just take our business elsewhere and nerd hq i needed to i really wanted to give that whole thing a facelift anyway because i never made a dime ultimately i i it was a for-profit company, but you know uh, that I hoped one day would be successful enough, and and then sponsors would you know pay top dollar, and outbid each other to want to be the marquee sponsors. But the truth is, you know, we barely made that event happen every year, and uh, I'm in the hole on that endeavor quite a few dollars. But
0: Crazy.
1: we raised over two million dollars for Operation Smile wow. and a lot of awareness for them. So I was like you know, I'm just going to let this thing tell me what it is, and I think what it's telling me is this is a nonprofit. Nerd HQ should just be a full 501c3, and we're going to gear it towards STEAM education uh, for kids and adults and have, like, cool edutainment type of experiences, Uh, and then still do panels and signings and and photo ops with with talent uh, for charity, Uh, and we can um, help to, I think, uh, pivot, um, even though I love Operation Smile, I'm now far more obsessed with and passionate about the uh, world of mental health. And uh, so, um, and I'm an ambassador for this incredible organization called Active Minds. And so I'm gonna pivot on that and we're gonna raise money for both mental health awareness and, um, uh, and education and resources while simultaneously raising money and uh, grants and scholarships for kids for STEAM education. And hopefully be able to bring people through the event instead of it being a huge arcade as it once was um, that people could come in and play Xbox games or PlayStation games or whatever. We're going to have some of that, but a lot of it will be these edutainment type of experiences where, let's just say, for example, um, you know, uh, well, let's, let's say, for example, that uh, the year Fantastic Beasts is coming out, and you're promoting Fantastic Beasts, and they're do- and Warner Brothers is doing a big push for a Fantastic Beasts. Well, what if at Nerd HQ that year, where in whatever city, maybe New York or some, or maybe here in Austin, I don't know, but the uh, Warner Brothers might pay to have a Fantastic Beasts activation, whereby we give kids and even adults the ability to throw on motion capture suits and step into a mocap stage. And they get oh, to wow. put on your likeness and they get to walk around like your character or some of the beast characters. Right. And, and what you're doing is you're, you're <laughs> teaching them in steam education where, you know, the arts and sciences are really kind of coming together in the most incredible of ways and where so many vocations will be in the future. You know, how many people are going to be co- coders and p- computer programmers and, uh, and CG renderers and artists and shaders and, modelers and, you know, all of these things, these are real jobs. And we're just going to need more and more of them because we're just going to keep making more and more and more, uh, uh, computer generated simulation simulated universes, (laughs) like in all of our movies and all of our TV shows and all of our games and all of our content. I mean, that's where it's going. So there's going to be a lot of these jobs. And I think to be able to give kids, particularly those that don't have a lot of access to, um, high levels of the arts and sciences, at young ages or adults, again, for that matter, from, you know, an economic standpoint, um, uh, I think it's an incredible thing to be able to just go give people these tangible, almost like, you know, uh, science museums, you know, like my favorite museums when I was a kid where you could walk through it and they had dials and things you could touch and spin and you'd learn about things. Like, that's what I want. I want a more tactile learning experience to be able to offer to people. That's also dazzling. Like, how cool is it to get into a mocap suit and go do that and have a little video you can take or like, like if we did like guardians of the galaxy three and they could get in a mocap, the kids could dress up and look like rocket raccoon and the adults could be groups, you know, and you're, and you can take that home and you have a little video at home and you all learned as you, um, uh, were entertained. Like, I, I just, I think we can do real cool stuff with that. You know?
0: Oh, it sounds, sounds really exciting, man. Actually it's, uh, Nice, what do you know about the uh, augmented reality you ever get into you ever go down that oh path? bro
1: i'm yeah i love it i'm i am a firm believer that um mixed reality both augmented and virtual is going to be a major part of our future i think things like this pandemic are only going to right that process up because people are trying to figure out how to now communicate in more simulated ways right like you know, FaceTime. Like, could you imagine? Like, like we were just talking about. Could you imagine if you had a kid who was, you know, uh, an older kid going through what what we're going through right now? Could you imagine even 20 years ago, before smartphones and streaming content and online gaming, like w- the amount of things that we have right now to to supplant or 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 or, or supplement our now sudden lack of of real interaction and real human connection and interaction like that's insane what we're able to do right now imagine what's going to happen in the next six months to a year when people are now uh, really pushing to have a virtual meeting room instead of just a zoom where you can go and sit in your living room and it's not just some you know poorly lit camera off of your laptop but instead you're in a cool virtual room and you're looking at everybody like, you know, just like, you know, Avengers and sh- like it's it's not that far away. So I think virtual reality, I, I, I have an HTC Vive uh, here at the ranch and we've been diving into that and having a ball. It's incredible what we can do already. I think augmented reality is uh, something that is going to be even more used and more popular than VR for quite some time. Uh, It just hasn't found its practicalities and utilities just yet, but um, it's getting there. It's going to come quick. In fact, I've got some, uh, literally some applications, um, be it in both uh, entertainment and also in in, uh, utility, like I have an app I'm building that will very, very uh, largely harness augmented reality um, in order to help people through their day. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff, I think, that's
0: percolating on, on the horizon for sure. Well, it seems like you know if you can't leave your house, all reality would just bring everything to you. You know, it just seems like a no-brainer in that situation. Yeah. And, and talk, talking, you know, I'm a guy who lost um, like a month of college playing Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Like I, I didn't, I like never. Oh yeah. I'm ahead of my time. Like I. Yeah. <laughs> I, almost, I like, like I almost didn't like get out of college because i i missed so much like i can't play video games now i played so much goldeneye i played so much oh my god oh my god goldeneye um when uh when it first came out and through throughout college we had tournaments we had oh yeah that i oh yeah i can't play video games anymore um because I I get addicted so but now maybe fuck it I'll just j- they'll just jump right back into it who fucking cares can I can I uh can I tell you a funny story tell me okay so um tangled okay so first of all my my little one loves tangled she like prefers to dress up as Rapunzel. she loves watching it so she has echoes she does, man. I fucking that's a good one. Um, and uh, so I this so there were a couple of different variations of this movie. Like first, it was called I think first it was called Rapunzel. First, then it was called like there was a version that was called Twisted. Like there there was like different versions of it before it came, became Tangled. So yeah. I auditioned. It's one of the I think it's the first animated film that I auditioned for. So I, I auditioned for this for one of the variations of Tangled. Yeah. And I go in there and I was like in my twenties and I was nervous as fucking hell. i never auditioned for anything like that before. And it was like a Skype thing. So I'm, so cause there, there, I, I, you know, I never dealt with that before either. So basically getting direction from somebody, I was in New York, they were in LA. Yeah. So I was, I was getting directions, you know, through the screen. And I think I I was, like thank god i wasn't there with in the room with them for like so many reasons i was sweating my balls off like i i was just like in the in the hot room there and i was just like ha, ha, ha. And they just you know you couldn't tell on the screen how sweaty i was but holy fuck oh yeah, yeah. if you were in the it, okay so i'm doing it and and i'm going nuts in the room and they're they're loving it you know it's just. And I, I, I'm like, now I'm like, oh, shit, you know, this is fun. I'm getting into it. And I'm feeling like, oh, okay, wow, they really like me. I think I'm going to get the party. <laughs> right? So so at the end of it, they're so complimentary. And they're just like, you know, we're going to fucking, we are going to, you know, get back to you on this. We really, you know, they basically said, you know, we're, we're, we're still tinkering with this. You know, little did I know it was all going to fucking change like the next month. But uh in that moment I was up for the part, up for I guess the, the guy part in it, right? And the last thing you you with me so far, brother? Oh, oh I'm I'm tracking baby. And and so the last thing they say to me is and I'm on a high. I've got like the biggest smile on my face in the world. The last the last thing they say to me is um, and you know what, we love your shirt, and I go, well, fucking thank you, they're like, we love the buttons on your shirt, that's such a smart choice to have, you know, different color buttons, and I go, oh, well, you know, you know, thanks, you know, and they're like, all right, you know, and it's, it was, to this day, it was probably one of the best auditions I ever had, I'm walking down the street, And I'm like, wow, they really – wow. And then I go, what they? why did they like my shirt so much? And I look down at my shirt, and in the place – so I'm wearing, like, a Lacoste shirt. It's, like, a very simple shirt. I was like, why did they fucking like my shirt so much? And in the place where another button would be – so it's, like, the buttons of the shirt, and then just below the third button is a fourth round object. And I look down – And it's a fucking, like, glop. It's a glop of cream cheese and, like, egg from the breakfast that I scarfed down just before the audition. (laughs) So the entire audition, I have this this giant fucking button-side glop of just breakfast on my belly while I'm just sweating my balls off.
1: Doing this audition, I mean, I... (laughs) I guess I I guess I have to thank your slobbiness for my job then. I mean, if you didn't spill all over yourself, there's a good chance I wouldn't have become Flynn Rider. Here's the thing.
0: Thank God I wasn't in the room with them. Because to them, they, they thought that the egg on my shirt was like a, a fashion choice. They were like, what a great shirt. If you <laughs> But, but if, if you would have been in the room, room event, with them,
1: there's a good chance. I would have, have been a member. I would have been a hunchback
0: from Notre Dame. I would have been you like wouldn't a have crazy. Been. <laughs> they would have been like, get the fuck out of here. You're like, you're like a homeless person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. how I feel about you most of the time. No, that's how I feel about me most of the time too. <laughs> if I saw me walking if I saw me walking down the street, I would be like, Whoa, man, is that personal right? Yeah. But here's the thing is that that movie I don't think it was just my slobbiness. I think that that movie took many different, it changed many times before it got to the movie that we all know and love. Which oh, is yeah. like, well, it, they, you know, it's such a weird process, you know? It's
1: crazy. Yeah, they, they, they had been, uh, as it turns out, that was the longest developed Disney film ever because Walt started developing a Rapunzel way, 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 way back, like 40 years ago, whatever. And then it got shelved. And they would kind of bring it down off the shelf every once in a while and they put more time and money into it, which actually made it the biggest budgeted um, uh, Disney princess movie as it's been reported, not out of just the money that they did for the final deal. But if you count up all the different times, they would take it down from the shelf, they would work on it and then bring really? it back up. They counted all that up. And then with also like adjusted for inflation wow. and it's something super stupid. But um, so yeah, wow. man, it, it was, it had, it had evolved over a long period of time. And even when I, uh audition for it, it was called Rapunzel at that point. In fact, I was a little right. disappointed that they that they called it Tangled because I personally felt like what the I think what the concern was at Disney was well Rapunzel Rapunzel is too it, it's uh it, what they were trying to do was make a movie that could sell to both little young boys and young girls. And the fear I think was Rapunzel says little girl right. and little boys won't want to watch the movie. But my logic was—I even talked to the producers and everybody about it. Not that I, you know, I was like some twenty-whatever-year-old and, uh, you know, doing Chuck at the time. And I—I I don't think that they were—they right. were really going to take my wisdom for it. But my—but my my sense on it was, nobody even know, no kids know who Rapunzel is at this point. That's an older fairy tale. Like if I went to my huh. friends, I told my friends that I I had auditioned for Rapunzel, and most of my adult friends were like, "Oh, that's like the that weird little gremlin guy who." with who can spin gold out of yarn. I go, no, no, that's stiltskin. <laughs> exactly. Like, but adults it's are commonly there. So I was like, I don't think kids are going to think it's a female name. I just don't think that they're going to know what it is at all. And and then it just really comes down to the, to the marketing, right. If you're, you know, and, and they did, they did a great job marketing it. And ultimately I think tangled is a, is a fun name for it. And, uh, I mean, I think the movie came out fantastic, but I mean, bro, talk about weird audition stories for tangled when I, uh, they didn't even uh, they wouldn't even see me in my regular accent. When I auditioned for that, they were only seeing English actors. Well, uh, per, yeah. per my agent, they, they, because the Flynn Rider was supposed to be an English voice and they, they didn't want any to see anybody other than English actors with authentic English accents. And I was like, unfortunately, my voiceover agent knew that I did a variety of English accents and she fought for me and they finally relented and let me come in. And I, I ultimately got that job with an English accent, and it wasn't until after I got the job that they decided that they wanted it to be in more of a mid-Atlantic accent because no Disney prince or princess has ever not had a North American accent, which I did not know until they had brought that up. And I was like, holy crap, you're right. Like, of all of the the main – like, even, you know, like Jasmine and Aladdin, right? they're both North American accents, Jafar, and the, like the, her dad, and everybody else can have English uh, accents or whatever accents, but your main two hero and heroine, regardless of the movie, always had North American accents. I was like, Oh, I, I, what an interesting, you know, traditional thing that Disney did and still has maintained for the most part. But
0: yeah, that's then they even that's me, like after it. I got
1: the job, they asked me, they're like, uh, can you do, um, like a mid Atlanta, like a, like a, and I said, I'm sorry, are you asking me if I can talk like me? Are you asking if I can do a North American? <laughs> like, let's come on, let's go. But uh, yeah, man, it, it, it was a it was a it was an incredible thing that I I got to be a part of that movie and the series that came subsequently after that that's uh, now aired on the Disney Channel and we did that for three seasons and that was what uh, just a treasure uh, to get to keep that character going and keep working with Mandy Moore and the incredible team that we had on the TV show and I love that people. Come up to me, adults, kids, doesn't matter. People say that is my favorite
0: Disney movie, and and
1: and I particularly love when they tell me that Flynn is their their favorite Disney prince. That 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 tickles me.
0: <laughs> that tickles yeah, me. Yeah, man, lot. he's fun, dude. He's a fun fucking. Yeah,
1: he character. He's like a Han Solo kind of character. He's rough around the edges.
0: I love him. Um. So you, I mean, you're fucking Tony nominated. So you, so you went to Tony the Tony Awards, and you went to the Academy Awards. You got any fucking crazy stories?
1: Oh, um, I don't know. I mean, the to- yeah, the Tonys. I've gotten to go to a couple times. One time when I, the, the last time when I got nominated, which was amazing. And that was, I mean, that was crazy in and of itself because it was such a massive year on Broadway. It was the same year as Hamilton, which is why right. she loves me. The show that I did got dusted <laughs> in, in our category. <laughs> Uh, not surprisingly. I mean, it was just, seriously, like, I know people say it's just an honor to be nominated, but legit, it was. I mean, I that was only the second Broadway show I ever did, and to yeah. be up there with the talent that was up on that stage was, you know, super crazy, and I got to perform at the at the Tonys that year, which was also cool. Um, also
0: You'll terrifying. always have I, that, man. You're, you're, you're history. You're part of Broadway history. You'll yeah, always man. have
1: yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, and at the Academy Awards, the craziest thing I can tell you from the Academy Awards was... Performing at the Academy Awards, Mandy and I sang. Right, a yeah. duet from Tangled. Yeah, yeah. Alan Menken was nominated for that song that year, and we sang at the Oscars. Right, yeah. And then, and ironically, uh, at the Emmys, I was chosen as one of six actors, television actors, one year to be in this weird like singing group that was backing up Jane Lynch when she hosted we were called the Emmy Tones, and we and I sang oh. on the Emmys so I've actually got 3 of the 4 for a performance Holy Egot shit. I've performed at the at the Emmys the Tonys Whoa. and the Oscars I just
0: need to perform at the Grammys and I've
1: got a performance Egot
0: Dude we get it yeah. you, wait hold, right but you wait but that's a possibility i mean that's like we're well we're i gotta seeing, actually like album? legit
1: make the music yeah i gotta legit make the music and rec- which, which i'm planning on doing anyway so i don't know i mean it would be pretty fucking cool if i could go perform you gotta go for that
0: before you got you gotta do
1: oh it. totally bro i'm yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 i got to i got to
0: but bro I just, <laughs> I mean, yeah man going to
1: those things i mean it's all it was that was probably the most terrifying thing i've ever done in my life i'm not gonna lie singing right. at the oscars was uh was uh, was kind of an out of body experience in a lot of ways. Yeah, like, to perform
0: it, it, it was to fucking perform at those things is insane. Yeah, it's insane. yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, the Tonys was a little bit different. Well, the Tonys was still nerve wracking, but um, but it was you get to hide behind your character first and foremost, sure. right? Because you're kind of performing from a piece from the show. It's very you're it's performing. Because, you're
0: performing a
1: live piece from an animated yeah, movie, like, and <laughs> you're performing it in yeah. front of all of the rest of that industry's elite. In that, exactly. in that way. So that's, a, that's weird. But at the Oscars, people like, you know, it's all of the film and television actors that I've been idolizing for so long. And like Jack Nicholson, oh, actually, Jack wasn't there that year. That was a bummer. But, um, you know, like, you're in the, in the rehearsal, I'm looking at all the place cards and all the seats. I'm like, holy shit, like, I can't look down at all. Like, if I look down, I'm going to be, like, looking at Halle Berry, and I'm going to freak the fuck out. Like, I can't do it. So I just <laughs> walked out of the wings. Fortunately, Mandy started the song, and then I come join her midstream. And, we, and I'm like, and in my head, all I'm, I'm singing the words, and all I'm thinking is, look at Mandy, look at Mandy, look at Mandy, look at Mandy, look at Mandy. And then we, like, join arms, and we turn out and face the audience. And then all I'm thinking is, don't look at Halle Berry, don't look at Halle Berry, don't look at Halle Berry. <laughs> and we just keep walking forward, and we finish the song, and I was terrified. I wasn't, oddly enough, I was I was a little nervous in the rehearsals, and then the day of, the morning of, I, I was I was really calm. I did the red carpet and everything, and I was like, yeah, I think this is going to be, I'm good. And then I think it was on the carpet that, you know, I don't know, Seacrest or somebody was like, so what's it feel like to perform for like, you know, a billion people? I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, a billion people. I go, there's about a billion people who <laughs> watch this. He goes, yes, worldwide, because the Oscars is like, you know, the big show for movies internationally people are watching this shit a billion people watch this i'm like Holy fuck. no that you you shouldn't have told me that <laughs> so yeah, but it man. all worked out it all worked out yeah have you ever you haven't you performed in the tonys
0: i did i had to, i did i had to perform but it's different right it, it is you're doing your character yeah um and that's a whole other big angle but when you're fucking performing live at the Academy Awards, man, I can't even imagine that. Like, I was talking to Eddie Redmayne about that, and he said he fucking, you know, he, Eddie is, like, the most gentlemanly, like, you know, like, he's incredibly yeah. noble and suave. He was saying yeah. that he was so nervous when he had to sing, you know, uh, from Les Mis at the fucking, he's singing, he had to sing Les Mis at the fucking Academy Awards, and he got so, like, nervous before he puked oh, yeah, his I'm brain like, down. <laughs> oh, Right before oh, yeah, I it went on, yeah. Anyway, so that's crazy. Um, I you you're an '80s kid. You obviously uh, what are you? You were you were 1980, right? 1980. Um, mm-hmm. What about you? I'm uh, 76. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's have a moment of silence for the fact that I'm <laughs> fucking almost 44. <laughs> Jesus, I'm gonna be 40. You want to hear some? You want to hear some crazy mathematical synchronicity shit here? Sure, Okay, check it out. Check this out. I'm going to be 44. Okay, so it's 2020. I'm going to be, so that's already two and two is four. I'm going to be 44 this year. My wife is going to be 40. My youngest is four. She turned four. My oldest is going to be eight. Okay? The place that I'm staying at is 88. Okay. I, I mean, I can, I can keep on going. Everything <laughs> is eight. It's like fucking, it's, it's, it's insane. I just, I just needed to share that with you. So you're, no, you're a right. kid of, you're, you're a kid of the eighties. So what I've been doing with my kids, which is also another wonderful thing is that, that like, cause we're just, you know, watching TV like crazy. And they're like, so daddy, you know, suggest something that you want to watch. So I got to like fucking watch like the Muppet show. We've been watching the Muppet show. And and I'm just like I, I I don't know about you, but that when I was a kid that was just like Christmas every night at seven o'clock. Man, I was just like amazing. Um, you know what? And
1: we we didn't yeah we didn't we didn't watch the Muppet Show in, at our house. Unfortunately, we might have caught it like no. here and there. But I but I I knew the Muppets mainly through their other more kind of like um, children's programming stuff like
0: um, Muppet, Muppet Babies, Babies, obviously, sure, and, or even just like.
1: Sesame Street, or really, uh, uh,
0: like Fraggle Rock. That was a huge one for me. Oh, Fraggle Rock. Yeah. Yep. That's another one, man. I, 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 yeah. I used to watch Fraggle Rock like crazy. Um. Shit, the Trashy
1: has spoken. Has spoken. <laughs>
0: um. <laughs> it, yeah. Down at Fraggle Rock. Um. Yep. Do you so. Do you? I was amazed at how much of the the words that I knew of the songs. Like we were watching Gummy Bears today. You ever watch that show? Bouncing here and there and everywhere. Everywhere. My adventure that's beyond compare. Beyond compare. Bears. They are the gummy, bears. gummy Bears. Magic and mystery, a part of that. A part history. of their history, along with the secret of Gummy Berry of juice. Gummy Berry juice. <laughs> It's, I'm
1: I'm like how the fuck yeah what? Rescue Rangers
0: <laughs> Ducktales
1: Darkwing Ducktales That's right man Yeah it's incredible <laughs> like they they, they they leave such an impression on your mind because your your young mind particularly oh, is yeah. just absorbing everything and so those things get super burned in there I mean it's crazy if you look on social media uh, a lot of times you'll see these posts from you know People that are ten, twenty years younger than us that are now adults,
0: <laughs> right?
1: Like a twenty-four-year-old, and they had a completely different childhood history. They don't know any of those songs, but everyone in their childhood remembers all of like whatever the hell they were watching. I don't even know shows that I don't know because I'll see a post and it's like about some cartoon that I know I never watched, and the the, the title is like this. This one just hits different. Oh, this this one brings back the memories. I'm like,
0: what what memories? I have no idea what we were even talking about, but <laughs> yeah. I'm means a lot to you. What's your top five, top five cartoons that you watched as a kid? Oh, bro,
1: come on. That's like top five. I mean, Women. how could I even possibly whittle down top five cartoons? Um, I don't know. Try it.
0: it.
1: There was, there was, um. there's all the <laughs> Disney stuff. Oh my
0: God!
1: Okay, you know, and and that's including uh, because we had Disney
0: Channel, so that's including all the classic Disney shit, which I loved all of it. Okay, okay, let's narrow it down to Saturday morning cartoons. Saturday morning cartoons.
1: Okay, still, still, can still consists of the modern Disney stuff. So you got Ducktales and Darkwing Duck and Tailspin and Rescue Rangers and all that jazz. But then you also have all the like the Hanna Barbera stuff that we would watch a multitude of. And then you've also got all of the other just, like, crazy, you know, anime-slash-action stuff that we were all obsessed with between Transformers and He-Man and G.I. Joe and Voltron and uh, Thundercats and Mask and, you know, it goes on and on and on. Like, we watched everything. I watched everything. We we grew up in the television-as-your-babysitter generation. Even more what's so your than what's top I- five? Top five! <laughs> I can't give it to you, then!
0: <laughs> I can't. I literally yeah. I can't. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think that you just bringing over with love for the fucking genre. Uh, let me see if I can do it. Okay, if I had to choose, top five cartoons to watch: Geo. Transformers. Yeah. Bionic Six. Ooh. Let me think here. Fuck. Uh, G Force. And shit, I don't know. Um, I'm looking. Let's say that I'm just gonna say the Smurfs because I just watched it so goddamn much. Oh yeah, the
1: fucking Smurfs, bro. Remember the Snorks?
0: Fuck yeah. The snorks were, were smurfs with, with, yeah. <laughs> <That's exactly right. laughs> with bongs on their heads. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> exactly right. With bongs on their heads. There was one oh, yeah,
1: character who made Bong Force. totally watched totally B Force, totally and then let me see, Bionic Six, right? That was the other one, or uh, what was that? Bionic Six, right? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! know <laughs> oh. that I know. Oh no, I remember Bionic Six because I remember the dude with the baseball bat. Yep. Yeah, Coach McGoach. I did. Yeah. I didn't even. Do you remember the Centurions? Even...
0: Centurions. Oh, I had that toy. You know what? I yeah, loved they about... had all the little
1: like you could put shit on their chest and on their back and on their yeah. legs and like uh, one was in the sky and one mask. was in the water and one was underground and all that stuff. Love that. Silverhawks. Silver Silverhawks.
0: Thundercat I didn't even say Thundercat.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, how could you not put Thundercats in there? You're a real horrible person.
0: I am an idiot. The fuck am I thinking? Okay, because so this is why you can't just right. pick
1: five, Dan.
0: You're right. <laughs> I know I'm right. So you're obviously <laughs> so okay, so you're obviously so when you so when you got uh, Fandral, I guess, right? Fandral is like the first comic book character you fan Fandral the dashing, yeah. Okay, what were you just like? Just your, was your mind just blown?
1: Oh yeah, bro. I mean, it it it, it, it was a really interesting kind of whole series of events. Um, and, and oddly, another role that I booked with an English accent, uh, but then ended up having <laughs> some weird complications with. So Whoa. yeah, the first four. The first four was casting and um I went in and read for it and I got cast as FanDuel Adaction right. in the Kenneth Brana first four. Right. I thought that um we all thought that Chuck was only gonna go thirteen seasons that year and then uh, and so we thought I'd be released and I could go and do the movie. It turned out that Chuck ended up getting like a last second, six episode back pickup. So that precluded me. Yeah. So that precluded me from being able to play Fandral in the first movie. Um, But ultimately they got uh, the lovely and talented uh, Josh Dallas. And then as the fates would have it, um, years later when they were doing Thor The Dark World, Josh was now on um, Once Upon a Time, the TV show on ABC, and they wouldn't let him out of his schedule. So then Marvel came back and asked if I would want to take the role back, which, uh, it was a really kind of strange whole series of events. Um, obviously I was super stoked to get to work with Kenneth Brana. That's one of the reasons I even wanted to do it. Cause I am a, right. a pretty, pretty big Kenneth Brana fan. And um, sure. I think he's very talented. And uh, uh, yeah. the fact that he is English and believes my English accent enough to cast me with it was all like really lovely. Wow! Um, Fuck yeah. But yeah, uh, but yeah, so, and then when, it, when Marvel came back around and asked me to, to step back into the, the job, um, I was a little apprehensive, to be honest, because I saw the first movie and I just don't think that the Warriors 3 had all that much to do that was cool or important. And um, right. and I was, personally, I was afraid that, you know, should I had played that role or and now, you know, in the first movie, or now take this, offered that's being handed to me that I would be playing a supporting character that wouldn't have very much to do. And that that would preclude me from ever playing another Marvel character and perhaps one that would have more to do. And so I was, I was a little apprehensive and I talked to um, who I needed to talk to who who assured me that um, uh, not only would the Warriors three be used more in the sequel, but they would be used uh, substantially in like, you know, 60 to 70% of the movie. uh, And, uh, and, uh, and even beyond that, that it would not preclude me from being able to book another Marvel character later. And so on those terms, I said, cool, let's go do it. And there was no script at the time. Um, But I was trusting Marvel and trusting, you know, everything that was going down. Um, And it just became a very complicated movie. Um, And uh, lots of rewriting was going on even during it. And, Ultimately, um, I ended up signing up for a role that um, instead of being used in 60 to 70% of the movie was used in 15% of the movie or so. And um, but the, but the, which, which would have been fine in and of itself, but the problem was is that because they were doing a lot of rewriting and production juggling, we were yeah. basically asked to just be on hold in London for six months and only ended up getting used for probably the total of three weeks. Oh yeah. Yeah. uh, That's, that's, that's what happened there. But, but I mean, I was still very grateful that I was working. I was grateful that I got to be a part of a Marvel franchise and You know, I mean, as a comic book kid growing up reading comic books, I I, I, you know, that was a super dream. And I knew that even if this wasn't going to be the most fulfilling of jobs that I that I hoped it would be, that I wasn't precluded from playing another character. Um, And then I almost I I screen tested for um, for uh, 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 Guardians of the Galaxy, actually, and came came close to getting uh, that role, Peter Quill. Um, really? ultimately didn't get it, but at least Marvel was holding true to, you know, allowing me the opportunity to get it um, and then huh. the last store came around and, you know, because of the world that Marvel had built at that point and Thanos and the snapping and all that jazz, it, it didn't really make a lot of sense to carry the Warriors 3 into the greater universe, so they needed to, you know, dispatch us quickly in the third movie, so I was there in, uh, in uh, Australia for about uh, five days and shot one day and didn't have one word. <laughs> didn't even utter a word. It was all cut out in the, in that one scene. So that, that, that was a bummer. It, it, you know, I, I but you, you know, know that,
0: you know, that, you know, if you were Quill that they would have found some way for you to do a scene with yourself as Fandral. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know.
1: That would have been really funny. Um, that would have been funny. But 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 look, here's the here's the thing. I say all that to say, uh, just because you know we're friends and we're and we're just being real and we're talking about all this stuff. And I think it's important that people know uh, the ups and downs and weirdness of our business. It's not all just fucking rainbows and butterflies and sunshine and unicorns. And um, it, it, there there's a lot of uh, really I don't know, man. Just like a lot of gnarly disappointment and. Um, uh devaluing of 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 individual that goes on in in our world if particularly if we're not careful about safeguarding ourselves from it and i did not do a very good job of that for a lot of my life because i hadn't gone to enough therapy to understand myself enough um but all in all <laughs> yeah still very grateful that i got that job uh and even more grateful that it went down the way that it did because if i didn't get unceremoniously killed off in the third movie in the way that I did, there's a good chance that I never would have been available to play Shazam. And right. that is a, uh, that's a dream job. I mean, it, I get to be a superhero. I get to be my own superhero. <laughs> I get to wear legit Santa. <laughs> and I get to be a superhero who's, who's a 16 year old kid inside. Like, <laughs> it, it, I, my dream, I always watched big with Tom Hanks Yeah, and, it was. a I mean, that is one of my most beloved, most sure. influential movies that has ever been a part of my life. And I always dreamed that I would get to play some version of my own big. Obviously, I didn't want to remake big, you shouldn't retouch, you shouldn't touch big. But how could I get to do this, you know, body swapping kind of thing that very few actors get the chance to do being an adult and playing a kid. And all of a sudden, now I get to do it and I get to do big with superpowers and it's funny and it's fun and it's got heart, and there's family in it and it's incredibly like diverse in its family, you know, a, 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 rainbow of ethnicities. And also one of the kids is disabled and all of them are foster kids. Like the, just the, all of the, you know, I get to literally fight the seven deadly sins in this movie. Like there's <laughs> so many, you know, just cool check marks. And I go, wow. Like, thank you, God. Thank you that even though I didn't know what the hell was going on in my life and I was really bummed out about right. a lot of that stuff. as It was happening and it was affecting my own self-worth, of which I later found out I had very little of. Uh, shocker, an actor, you know, having very little self-worth because we got to go to complete strangers to validate us with applause. Um, you know, I, I it's like, wow. And, and Shazam happened literally on the other side of me and going me going and doing really life changing, life saving therapy, like on the heels of me completing that. I got that job. And I, I just think it's uh. a, a powerful reminder that, you know, I think God, I believe in a concept that I call God, um, that is that is that energy, that is the universe, that's all things that in and through all things like the force in Star Wars, basically. And I do think that that force that entity that energy that is it is for us and it wants the best for us in our lives and oftentimes we are if not always (laughs) we are the cause of our own strife and the way that we are reacting to things that are happening in our lives as opposed Mm. to uh, being able to trust and know that we can you know it's almost like it's like, you know, when you were first teaching your kids to jump to your arms in a pool. And, yeah. and we're ter- – you know, we, when you're a kid, you're terrified. You're like, oh, my, I'm going to drown. I'm gonna, it's like you're, and, you're, and you're actually making your time at the pool really unfun because <laughs> you're constantly stressing out and you're <laughs> constantly worrying and you're constantly afraid yeah, you're yeah. going to die. Even though your are yeah. a parent who is a, a giant compared to you and is completely capable of not just making sure you don't drown – but can throw you 10 feet in the air, right? Like this person, this giant, you're good. You're in safe hands. Uh, but your little child brain can't understand it. You can't put it together. This is, liber- this is life or death. This is life or death, people. Until you realize that that gi- that, gi- that giant is in fact for you, is for you and loves you and wants your has your best interest in mind and just need you to trust it more. I mean, could you imagine if your kids, every time you actually just asked them to do something, they trusted that you know more than them? <laughs> could you imagine? Like, it'd be, it's game changing. And I think that we just, oftentimes, yeah. we, get so, we get so caught up in, in our own shit. This isn't to say that things don't happen outside of our control. Pandemic, case in point. There are plenty of things that happen to a lot of people's lives that are not just brought by, on by themselves. But there are a lot of things that we do bring on ourselves based out of our fears and our insecurities and our doubts. That if we can work on those things and we can really genuinely work on loving ourselves and valuing ourselves outside of any accomplishment or any achievement or anyone else's opinion, then I think that a lot of good things can start unlocking in our lives because we are now suddenly hopefully more responsible with whatever responsibility comes with that blessing you know in a very spider-man sense with those great powers come great responsibility and i think that the hopefully the people that end up in a lot of these places that do wield great power i mean obviously a lot of people abuse it too but i can only hope that more people are endowed with great power that do want to use it responsibly and We can make the world a better place. And I do ultimately think in a, in a broader philosophical spiritual way, I got the job of Shazam in large part because I was finally capable of handling the responsibility that would come with a job like that. And I think a lot of times you don't really put together just how much responsibility comes with a job like that. And a lot of actors, including myself still had, I still even now have, but very much had a lot of doubt and fear that, um, consumed me in in certain ways, and uh, sometimes very subconsciously, you know. Uh, sometimes consciously, but oftentimes very subconsciously, and those things can really cripple you. The more responsibility that starts stacking on your shoulders, and so I, I'm I'm very grateful that all of it worked out exactly the way that it did, and I and I yeah. I believe that I see God's fingerprints, the forces fingerprints all over that,
0: you know. I feel and, the same way about Jacob. I I I feel like you are a very powerful manifestor, dude, and I think that you manifested Shazam, and I'll tell you how. So this is what happened. You, I'm just I'm just basically you know projecting my own theory onto. Of this, course, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I think you I, I think you were sitting around, and you were like, "Fuck, please, I I just want this Marvel thing to work. I just want this Marvel thing to work," and then. Maybe it's going to work out. Well, how's it going to work out? Uh, Is it, uh, you might be a captain of a starship. Captain of a starship? No, no, no. The universe has another idea in mind. You're thinking, fuck, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel? (laughs) Shazam. Oh, wow. That's our time, folks. That's our time. (laughs) Now, not, not only do I have to go because I have to go and, and Skype with some family uh, in the States, but um, I, you know, I'd keep talking to you. But that's an amazing way to wrap this up because, dude, you're a very interesting individual. You're fucking – and and uh, I really appreciate your, your very – your, your positive outlook. And I like your I like your idea about constantly looking toward the future and trying to, to better things. I think that yeah, man. more people, I wish more people would get on that, that page.
1: We can get them there. I just think it's going to take encouraging people into it and not shaming people into it, you know? And that's unfortunately the tactic that all sides right now, I think it would they, they take more than anything is that they are painting the other side as an enemy, as evil, as, you know, a b- bad in some way as a, p- and, and that informs their own way of how they handle that other side, as opposed to coming to people with grace and understanding and patience and love and empathy, we are programmed to look at another side of an issue with contempt and with judgment. And as soon as we can stop doing that, and as soon as we can start really just seeing people as beloved as, children of God as 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 pieces of nature as equal as we are to nature, then I think we can really start to all get on the same page because we will be therefore in everyone's best interest. All of us can be together in our collective best interest. But let's do it.
0: Let's let's make it happen passion, make man. Great
1: movies and content that, that, that help guide people there.
0: Love it. Dude, thank you so much for doing this. I, I this is thank like one you, of my man. favorite interviews. Yeah,
1: my pleasure, man. I, I love podcasts. I, lo- I like being as you can probably tell, I like being able to have a conversation and not just do little, you know, talk show sound bites. It's very difficult for me exactly. to express myself and feel like you can have a deep enough conversation in a 10 minute interview. But if you got an hour and a half, you can talk about all kinds of shit. <laughs>
0: yeah, man. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Stay safe and stay safe. Uh, stay safe and stay safe. Stay safe and sane out there. And uh, yeah. hit me up. Let's we'll we'll connect. Um, you know uh, more over the quarantine. And uh, let me know if you end up back stateside and want to make some guerrilla filmmaking in Austin.
0: I'm down, man. Let's do it. Let's keep on. Let's keep the collaboration and the conversation going. Let's do it. Bless you, bro. All Talk right, to right. you soon. All right. Be good.